Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Mm-hmm. 
Coming up next on today's edition of Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones takes us once again to the book of Proverbs to explain the true value of wisdom. Now, wisdom isn't as easy to find as, say, your wallet or your car keys. It takes some hard work and perseverance, but the rewards of godly wisdom are well worth the sacrifice. Stay with us here, or you can drop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life, here's Ron and today's Something Good Radio message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. Well, many of you know I grew up in the Hoosier State, the great state of Indiana. Any Hoosiers here this morning? Well, a few maybe, okay. Long way away from the Hoosier State. Uh, Even though I grew up in the Hoosier State, every summer the Jones family, we would take our annual summer vacation to the Sunshine State. Now, you got to understand, having grown up in northern Indiana, it was an incredible treat to go south, and we look forward to it every summer. In fact, my grandfather was the one that led the charge on this. Um, He took the same annual trek to a Gulf of Mexico paradise known as Treasure Island near St. Petersburg, Florida. Anybody been to Treasure Island before or down to the St. Pete Clearwater area? Well, my grandfather, who was, um, let's just say, kind of a person of routine, he took the same vacation. This is for like 20 or 25 years. My grandfather on my mother's side, the same vacation, stayed at the same hotel, ate at the same restaurants, ordered the same food off the same menu at the same... His favorite was frog legs at the Fisherman's Wharf. (laughs) I can't imagine anything. Uh, Some people really like it, I guess. And uh, he also kept the same daily routine during his summer vacation. He would get up and take his swim down at the ocean at about 10 a.m. and then come back and have his lunch of peaches and cottage cheese. Okay, he has a strange diet sometimes. And, and then, uh, you know, an afternoon uh, swim at three in the afternoon. My grandfather was, was a person of uh, daily routine. When he found something he liked, he, he stuck with it. And he started, nothing would deter him. Not even the suggestion of a wonderful family vacation to the Grand Canyon. Oh no, we were going to Treasure Island, Florida every, every summer. And it was a big family gathering with aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and all of that. It, it was a wonderful time. Uh, Treasure Island just sounds like a paradise, doesn't it? In the history of the area, even dating back to the 18th century, there were, there were pirates and smugglers and all kinds of treasure hunters that came upon that part of the remote coast. Uh, but today, Treasure Island is a small town. It's a laid-back beach community. It's an international vacation destination. But there's not a whole lot of treasure hunting going on in Treasure Island these days, unless, of course, you think, uh, like I do, that sitting under a coconut tree with a good book and the warm sunshine on my face is a treasure, and I do. And that's why I now live in Virginia Beach, all right? <laughs> I could do that every day if I want to now, which is wonderful. I couldn't do that in Indiana. We were a long, long way uh, from the beach. So I I can tell you don't appreciate how wonderful of a vacation that was for us growing up, was going to the beach. Um, Now that I've got a little bit of your attention and uh, you're ready to make your travel plans to maybe Treasure Island, let's do a little treasure hunting in the book of Proverbs because that's what Solomon encourages his son to do starting in chapter 2. He he wants to encourage him to go after wisdom as though he were on 
a treasure hunt, going after hidden treasure, as it were. Listen to this beginning in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. Now, generally speaking, there are two ways to motivate people in life. There's a positive way to do it, and there's a negative way to do it. If you were with us last week, we talked about, well, Lady Wisdom gave us some straight talk to smarty pants. And, and I love the way Solomon used the creativity of a literary personification of wisdom in this person known as Lady Wisdom to deliver some straight talk and, and to do some, maybe some negative motivation. She talked about the consequences of ignoring divine counsel, and she laid it out there in no uncertain terms. Now in chapter 2, Solomon drops the literary personification just for a little bit. He'll come back to it in chapters 8 and chapter 9, but he drops the literary personification for some positive encouragement. He's going to encourage his sons to go after wisdom as though they were digging for buried treasure and something as valuable as, as hidden treasure. I want you to imagine the pirates who sailed the seas in search for buried treasure. I want you to think about uh, those uh, treasure hunters who, who dive deep into the sea in search of that pearl of great price. I want you to consider what it takes to dig for gold, for silver, even for diamonds buried deep within the earth. And then I want you to think about what it takes to really get after wisdom and gain it. It requires the same effort. Wisdom from above, friends, is something you have to want so badly that you're willing to dive for it. You're willing to dig for it. You're willing to go after it like a treasure hunter would go after it, digging through all kinds of resistance in the earth to get to that gold, to get to that silver, to get to that diamond. And the resistance I'm talking about is the world, the flesh, and the devil that's going to fight you every inch of the way on your way to that hidden treasure. And so Solomon wants his sons to get after wisdom with that kind of intensity and with that kind of effort. And he says as much through a series of about seven or eight imperatives in the verses that I just read, verses one to five. He says, receive my words, treasure up my commandments, uh, make your ear attentive, incline your heart, call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding, seek it like silver Search for it as for hidden treasures. Are you beginning to get the idea that you're going to have to go after this? If you want the wisdom from above, it's not going to come to you automatically. You're going to have to prioritize it. You're going to have to see it as the most precious thing you can go after in life, like treasure buried deeply in the belly of the earth. And it's going to take some effort on your part and my part to get after wisdom. In chapter 4 and verse 7, Solomon says very pointedly, get wisdom, get insight, and whatever you get, get insight, he says. You know, a lot of us have spent years getting an education, nothing wrong with that, and these days it can cost a lot of money to get an education. But it's possible to spend years in the classroom and a lot of money getting education 
and never acquire the wisdom to skillfully apply that knowledge. Solomon says, whatever you get, whatever you go after in life, get wisdom. Not an education, not knowledge. Oh, that's fine, that's wonderful, but make sure you get wisdom. That wisdom from a, make sure whatever you get, you get insight. God's insight on how to live life successfully. Remember, we've said there are a lot of educated fools, there are a lot of uneducated fools. But the wise person is the one who sees the value of the preciousness of getting after this thing called wisdom from above. And, you, and whatever you do, whatever you get after, uh, you get wisdom. Now, all this talk about treasure hunting kind of reminds me of the words of Jesus uh, found in Matthew chapter 13. He talks about the kingdom of God this way. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found covered up. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who finding one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it. Now, let's be careful with this. Jesus is not saying you can buy your way into the kingdom of heaven. No, uh, salvation is by grace and through faith. It's that, that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You don't buy your way into heaven. But what he's saying here is that there is nothing in life of greater value than the kingdom of heaven. And when you discover that, you'll sell everything in your life just to get that. And it's going to take that kind of effort. It's going to take that kind of understanding of the preciousness of this thing called wisdom from heaven and, 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 and a strong effort on all of our parts to go after it. So with that in mind, let's talk about some of the hidden treasures of wisdom that Solomon uncovers for us in Proverbs chapter 2. I've got three or four of them that I want to mention from uh, verses 1 through 22. And, and the first of these hidden treasures, if you really go after wisdom, if you really put effort to becoming a man or a woman of godly counsel and godly wisdom, uh, the first of these treasures is what I call homeland security. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Why Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. You can visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, where you'll find more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out Something Good Travel. Travel beyond belief with Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones to Bible lands like Israel, Greece, Italy, Jordan, Turkey, and Egypt. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus or navigate Paul's missionary journeys. Several new travel experiences are now open for registration. Learn more at somethinggoodradio.org travel. Are you looking for divine wisdom to help you navigate your way through a fallen world? There's only one place to start. Here's Ron with the rest of today's message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. Let's read on in verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom... And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield, listen to this, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Now before we get after this idea of homeland security as one of the hidden treasures of wisdom, I just want you to circle the last two words of verse 8. Those words, his saints. 
Because what Solomon is about to say here and what I'm about to comment on is directed to a special group of people in the Bible known as his saints. What, what is a, a saint? Now, some people think that a saint is someone of perfect virtue and perfect character. If that's the case, I'm not, I'm not a saint, and neither are you. Uh, some people say, no, a saint is um, a canonized person in the Catholic Church, like Mother Teresa or John Paul II or, you know, this, this elite group of of spiritual people who were canonized in the Catholic Church. Again, I, uh, that, that's not the biblical definition of a saint. Other people might say a saint in the church is, is somebody who bakes the pastor a triple chocolate cake on his birthday, like somebody did this week. Now we're getting really close to sainthood. We're getting really, really close to sainthood. Somebody on the staff did that this week. We, we love to celebrate birthdays on our staff, and it was mine this week. Now, the biblical definition of a saint is really the holy ones of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that when the Apostle Paul wrote his letters to the Corinthians, which, by the way, was a really messed up church. You talk about a fleshy, unspiritual group of people. The Corinthians, you know, First and Second Corinthians, they were a really, really bad lot. But he calls them saints of God. Why? Because being a saint has nothing to do with your performance It has to do with the holiness and the righteousness of Jesus Christ being credited to your account by faith in Christ. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Him. So with that in mind, in the context of the book of Proverbs, we're talking about people who who are in the family of God. We're, We're talking about people who fear the Lord, who respect His counsel. Those are the ones who discover the hidden treasures of Those are the ones for whom homeland security is at least a principle that they can expect uh, to, to play itself out in their life. And let's just talk about this homeland security a little bit, um, as we did last time, applying it nationally and also applying it personally. I want to suggest to you that the best national security policy that can come out of Washington, D.C., the best homeland security policy that can come from any politician, here it is, listen, listen real quick, lean in a little bit to this, it's very simple, it's the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm not suggesting that there's, there's nothing that the government can do to help keep our homeland secure, but what I am suggesting is that any politician who claims he or she can keep the homeland secure, and that politician does not fear the Lord and respect God's counsel, he or she is making that promise in vain, in vain. Because the Lord says, I will be a shield to those who walk in integrity. I'll keep the homeland secure. Again, not a promise, but a principle. Generally speaking, this is the way life works. But if you reject God's counsel, as we have done as a nation for the last how many decades, even recently thumbing our nose at God's plan for the marriage relationship between one man and one woman for one lifetime, why should we expect God to protect the homeland? If I read the Scriptures carefully, not just here in Proverbs but elsewhere, just the history of Israel, when they turned away from God, He lifted His protection from the nation. And I'm not so sure if that's not what has happened over the last 10 or 15 years as terrorism has befallen us. 
So the first principle, the first policy in homeland security and national security for Israel, for any nation, quite frankly, is the fear of the Lord. You respect him. And all this terrorism stuff, I think it will take care of itself. If we become one nation under God again, God will protect his people and a nation that honors him and fears him. I believe that with all of my heart. So remember that when you go into the voting booth. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I want somebody who at least respects our Judeo-Christian principles and the heritage there and who has an honor and a respect for God who walks in the fear of the Lord because a leader in the White House or any other House of Congress who does that, we have a much better chance of protecting the homeland. So what's true nationally Well, let's say is also true personally. Personally, because remember, Solomon is talking to his son here. Are you looking, I mean really looking, for wisdom? The Bible says you will seek God and find Him when you seek Him with all your heart. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Dr. Ron Jones' messages on demand or to contact us for prayer. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, Did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or give us a call at 757-276-1099. Proverbs is masterful in in giving us kind of two choices in life. Kind of reminds me of Robert Frost's poem. I came to that two roads diverged in a wood, that uh, that place where I had a choice to make. And Robert Frost says, "I, I, I chose the path less traveled by. Remember that one? Probably memorized it as a kid. But it kind of reminds me of even the words of Jesus where he says, um, you know, there's a wide path that the world travels on, and it's, it's all uh, 
padded down and worn out because lots of people go that way, but it leads to destruction. And then Jesus says there's a narrow path and a narrow road. And Jesus in his wisdom teaching, Proverbs, you know, just, just lays out the, the pathway of the wise, the pathway of the foolish, uh, the pathway of, of the righteous, and the pathway of the wicked. And if you want to be on the right path in life, if you want to discover some of these hidden treasures of wisdom that will help you live life skillfully and successfully, then you're going to have to want this more than you want anything else in life. That's next time in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. So join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.